we will learn from them, from their experiences, from their uh, worldview, um, and allow that will allow us hopefully to also do that, reflect. Hi everyone, and welcome to our very first podcast here in Creators Hub at Hamming University of Applied Sciences in the International Business Department. Yay, us. Uh, my name is Melanie, and I'm here with my colleague, Ricardo. Hey, Ricardo. Hello, Melanie. Hello, everyone. How you feeling? I'm feeling nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so used to talk to a um, microphone. But. I know, it is kind of weird, eh? So let's talk a little bit. We, we're starting this podcast, aren't we? You and I, together. Yeah. Yes. And we're calling it We Belong. Because we belong, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And um, I think actually doing or making this podcast happening uh, made me feel that we belong. It made me feel that we have created a community and uh, we are part of something bigger. Um, not only us as teachers, but also with the students. So I think that's, that's one of the things why we started doing this, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The students. I almost forgot about the students. The students are a part of this too, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly why we're doing it. We're doing it for the students. You know, here in international business, we have, I think, 16 different nationalities at present on our campus. All kinds of, of different people, different personalities, different colors, different genders, different sexual orientations. But we're all one big community, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yeah. And that's why it was really important for us, I think, to do this kind of podcast series because we wanted to let everyone else know first of all how cool we are and secondly you know what it doesn't matter who you are where you come from what you look like you belong and we all find our places to belong don't we yes we do we tend to say that hamk ib is home for our students and um and i think that also represents a bit of uh, of our feeling of who we are as a community and um yeah I, i'm gonna ask you when did these things started because I think you were the spark. Well, we both are. Ricardo and I both listen to podcasts. We're podcast people. And we both have long commutes um, to and from work. So, of course, we're listening to podcasts when we're driving. And one day I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, which is entitled We Can Do Hard Things by Glennon Doyle. And uh, I thought to myself, hey, Ricardo and I can do hard things. Of course we can do hard things. Why don't we try and do this podcast series? So actually, when I was driving, I put the record on on my WhatsApp and sent him um, a recorded message saying, hey, I think we should do a podcast series. And that's how it started, basically, isn't it? Because you're like, yeah, of course, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. And then we discussed it here. Yes, we sat in one of our classrooms and um, actually time flew very fast in that conversation. Um, we were looking for concepts at that moment. And um, I think we both understood that belonging was one of the ones of those things that connected us. We both come from uh, abroad. Uh, we have mixed families. And um, and yeah, we've been, I think, at least if I can, if I can talk for myself, um, I've been kind of traveling a lot and needing to adjust to new cultures and to new jobs and to new communities. So it's been, for me, it's been always very, it's kind of a very important topic, something to, to always reflect on. And I think that's, that's the discussion we were having at that afternoon. 
Yeah, I definitely reflect. That's a that's a great word to kind of sum up how we were how we were feeling about it at the moment. We were really reflecting on our own experiences and um, how it is to maybe not fit into the norm, which neither of us do in our in our lifestyles, in our life choices, in our families, etc. And of course, neither do our students. I don't think our students are not one dimensional people that you can just put into a box, are they? They're very very diverse and dynamic and we want it we want people to know about them I think and we want their voice to be heard and that's the most important thing because of course our, our students are this is third year students right do you want to talk a little bit about the content lab actually Ricardo and what we're doing here why not um we um last year <laughs> it took us a year but last year um we were lucky to have the opportunity to build this uh, digital studio in which we will be hosting this podcast especially Mer melanie and the students uh and um we wanted to fill it with content and I come from from the creative industries and the marketing background, and I'm a true believer that content is one of the ways in which we connect with our audiences. So we wanted to um, reinforce the idea of experimentation and the laboratory uh, mindset at the university. So putting all those things together, um, brought us to the Content Lab, which is a course that third year students have at the International Business Program here at HAMC, and um, they explore, they do things. We say a lot that we learn by doing, so it's not that we teach anything, we explore and we learn through the process, and so and this is one of the many other assignments that they will be running, but this is a very exciting one. Yeah, definitely. And that's kind of where Ricardo and I meet because he's the creative one and I'm the I'm the communicator. I teach communications here in um, our international business program. So it's creativity meets communication in a verbal sense. We really wanted to make this a true podcast, didn't we, Ricardo? We talked about maybe adding video, that kind of thing. But no, we want it to be our voices heard and using that kind of medium to get our points across. Yeah, and I think also, um, I think if, if there is something that podcast has is that you create an intimate relationship with the listener. So hello, listener. <laughs> um, we're very happy to be in your ears now. And um, that's what we wanted to explore as well. This, this should be like a safe space, an intimate space where we can talk about what we think and we can also talk with other people so would you tell me something Melanie about what to expect in this uh, series because this is a series yeah sure um so basically as as I said our theme is belonging we belong is our, our podcast series name our theme is belonging so everything every concept that we're exploring has something to do with belonging so we are going to be exploring topics like music and belonging leadership and belonging um what else ricardo inclusion community yes we have a word every episode will be will be um dedicated to a word that um our interviewees and our students and us believe that represent or connects with the concept of belonging so you'll have to stay with us to figure out what's the uh, 
worth of every episode and what's the topic. And um, yeah, we will have a lot of uh, guests. And uh, we will we will learn from them, from their experiences, from their uh, worldview, um, and allow that will allow us hopefully to also do that, reflect. All right, Ricardo. Before we actually get into the interview that we're going to do and the topic that we're going to discuss today, I wanted to mention that today is a very special day. Did you know that? Mm, I have a hint, but tell me more. Okay, so today is International Women's Day! Yay! Hey, ladies! So, in honor of International Women's Day, we have a very special woman with us, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, she's special to both of us. Yes. She is an entrepreneur. She is an activist. Yes. And she's an all-round great human, isn't she? She is fantastic. Yeah. It's an honor for me and I'm sure for you as well to have her here. Mm Mm-hmm. So, we're going to be talking to Linda today. Yes. Yes, and this is my cue to leave, actually. I'm going to leave you two to discuss, but I want to say first, hello, Linda, and you two have fun. Thank you, Ricardo. We will. Today, we're going to be interviewing Linda Garcia. Linda is a former student of Ricardo and mine. She's also um, an amazing entrepreneur. And a social justice warrior. Yay. Okay. So first of all, before we um, get into the nitty gritty, can you tell us a little bit about your company? Because that's what you're here to talk about primarily. So tell us about your company. Well, thank you for your question. Um, yeah, our company, uh, it's our, our effort now to to learn more about the Wayu people who are the indigenous community living in the northernmost part of Colombia. And they are also in the Northwest of Venezuela. So um, I, I, I met uh, a Wayu woman while I was working in Colombia. Now she's my friend and, and partner in this adventure. So Waneshi uh, means unique and um, in, the Wayu naked language. So we want to share these unique um, crafts and uh, the bags they do, the women of the Wayu people do, to, to preserve their traditions and their knowledge. So when um, she has become more, much more than a company for us, but is our, the journey where, where, um, where we are now. You mentioned your partner, Uti. So can you tell us a little bit about her? Uti is an amazing Wayu woman. I, I met her while we were working in the Colombian parliament. She's still working there. She's responsible for um, making public the laws that uh, yeah, they're producing there. We, we have laws there in Colombia. <laughs> Thing is that yeah, we don't follow. <laughs> she has uh, uh, more than 20 years now uh, working there. She has been working there. A uh, long time. She's a lawyer, but she's a great human being. Also, an entrepreneur. She has her own business back in Colombia. So, if you are in Colombia and you wanna try what you food, you can go to these restaurants. <laughs> she she's involved in very much in in in, in business, but also with uh, taking her what you heritage. In, in everything she does. And she's my friend. So um, yeah, it's it's amazing to 
to learn from each other and, and work So um, your company, Weneshi, you sell bags. You sell Weiyu bags. Can you tell us about your favorite bag? Yes. Um, the bag that uh, caught our attention or my attention personally was this bag that is uh, one made, by, made with one thread in a crochet technique. I have seen um, you bags, but this one uh, surprised me with how perfect it is. In every corner, you can see the, the, the design and the effort and the love that they put here in the base. And then in the body, you see the um, iconic representations from their surroundings. So if you see this, it's like, a, uh, yeah, they, they have cows, they have turtles, they have animals in the sea, they have they can put here in these bags all what they see in, in so you kind of, you have to maybe uh, learn a little, bo a little bit of the story to, to know what this means. But when you learn, when you know what it means, then you say, okay, this represents um, um, the shell of a turtle and so on. So this was the first time I connected with that notion on how to, to, to put something in, in, from your environment and wave it. Basically, was that, that was, that's what they do. It's hard to even fathom that they are making those bags with one thread. One thread, like that is unbelievable. And they don't, they don't do the design on a paper. They have it, they have the design in their minds because their grandmother told them how to do this design. So that's even more, for me, more impressive. Yeah, so this bag opens a new world to me and the quality is just amazing and it's super light. Okay. It's like, uh, it doesn't weigh anything. It's <laughs> all the bags, for example, leather bags are super heavy, but because it's one thread, it's, it's super light, so yeah. Amazing. Rita Pushaina uh -huh. uh, from the Sharia culture did this um, bag. So then when someone buys a bag from you, do they find out who made it? Like, will there be a little history there of, of the artist? Yes, of course, because it takes, depends on the design and the technique. If it's one thread or two threads, it can take from four days to three weeks. Wow. They do it in their, when they are having their daily lives. Yeah. It's an artistic process that you cannot measure or you cannot 
is when they have it ready, then it's ready. And that's the only one. I don't have another one of these ones. Right, exactly. So they're one of a kind. They're one of a kind and you're really getting a piece of art. Yes, yes. Absolutely. And a history and a culture. Yeah, amazing. How did meeting um, Uti and starting your business together, how did it change your life? Yeah, well, this business was, yeah, part of many changes, but um, I, I become more, more uh, aware of the richness that we have in Colombia, our um, cultural diversity and how special it is because for us in Colombia it's not special to be honest it's it's not that important we we are not uh, we don't learn to love our diversity don't have the this sense of uh, being amazed that wow we have this much um, indigenous communities 89 uh, different dialects or so now for me, uh, uh, it's, it is special and I see how, how much richness we, we have. But also I see how racist uh, I have been myself. Uh, and I'm, let's say, learning again how to, how to approach uh, this kind of knowledge with an open mind, with an open heart without being so judgmental and yeah, it is still a process. I am more confident of who I am as a Colombian, knowing my more of my country, more of my my people, let's say. So yeah, it is a, it is a, sometimes it's a painful process, but at the same time, it is very rewarding. That's amazing. And you know, we, I think that we all have that like, um, unconscious cultural bias in us. And so when we can actually start to recognize it and start to see it and start to change our thoughts and the way we live our lives, it's a beautiful thing, I think. So, wow. It's, it's quite, um, an opportunity for you, I think, to take this journey and, and learn. <clears throat> We're all learning, aren't we? All the time. So. That's amazing. I love it. We've been talking about diversity a little bit and about cultural bias and um, ethnocentrism and things like that. And there's one brand, I could say, Disney, that sometimes um, takes this to the extreme, maybe, and adopts cultural traits from various cultures and profits off of it. And we know, actually, thanks to Linda, that at the moment this is happening um, to the YU people. Uh, in the new movie that Disney has done, Encanto, which is set in Colombia, uh, they are taking some of those cultural traits and um, incorporating them into the movie. So what do you think about that, Linda? Yeah, there are uh, many, many thoughts around it because, of course, when you are far from your country, you're happy to see the beautiful side of it. It's not just narcos and <laughs> all these <laughs> people that point out on, on me all the time. So from that perspective, it is positive. But when I, when I look at uh, the, um, the way that the way you kids are living today, I feel like, yeah, we should um, all work together to make sure that this culture can survive because right now what I hear from from Uti and her family is that 
they're losing a lot of their land, they're losing a lot of their traditions. So it is, it is important that we, um, if you are a brand like Disney, that you are also uh, yeah, producing content with, with their culture, that it will be um, necessary to, to work together with other companies, with the community, with the government, with everyone involved to, to make sure that there are no kids dying in La Guajira, or otherwise you shouldn't um, just come and kind of, in, in a way, some, some, some of us could say still without saying, okay, um, giving the proper treatment. And I know that they are um, making also some clips about uh, what is the, the what you bag and other um, objects that they are using in the movie, but that's not enough. And um, yeah, there should be a, a bigger discussion around uh, uh, this, this cultural appropriation that we don't see it as a cultural appropriation because even in Colombia, we are not aware of, of that. So we, we, if we don't know ourselves what we have, it is no, nobody's gonna fight for it to, okay, we, we want to say, yeah, this is, this is Colombian and yeah, if you are gonna use it then there are some procedures to do and so on. I have seen examples here. Um, the, 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 the Dutch people are in a bit of a struggle with the uh, Belgians because yeah, they, they, there is a cake that is very special in, in an area in the Netherlands that you don't know. Some people say it's from Belgium, some others say it's from, from the Netherlands. But the, 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 I, I bring this example because for, for uh, some communities, that this is an important part of their history, that uh, it should be treated in a different way. Yeah, exactly. You're so, you're so right. And, you know, this goes beyond just kids wearing um, Native costumes at Halloween, you know. This is a huge issue, and I'm so happy that you are kind of bringing it to the forefront. So in a perfect world, how would you like to see the culture represented? Yeah, first of all, um, we also have to, yeah, we were talking about the economical consequences, but there is an example uh, that I'm following with the Maori. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if somebody here likes rugby, but <laughs> The, the All Blacks are, are very famous in, in the world rugby. They are, yes. Their haka, their dance. So they, they use a lot of Maori um, traditions to, to be known in the world of rugby. So now I, I have understood that um, they decided to give back to the Maori people. And when you look at their Maori community, they're also struggling because uh, when the Maori um, uh, lose their, their identity as a Maori, it's like they lose their, their, their north. So some of them are into drugs, in alcoholism, and then, yeah, their, their life is, is, is very challenging. But if you help them to, to, uh, 
appreciate their culture and what they are and they feel proud of what they are and they are not into this struggle. So I think in New Zealand, they, they have seen that and they are working on that. But that is an example that we have in this matter that how can um, um, a brand, let's say in this case, this rugby team is profiting from a culture, but how can you work together with the Maori? with the people who are involved in this in these processes so uh, in an ideal world you you will give the recognition the respect the the fair treatment the fair payment for what they are doing and and what they are bringing to to the world because it's not just um it, it, they, they bring in many things that we are not aware of, but when we see a haka for example we we can understand we can even feel a haka. I don't know if you have mm. seen, but I think it's that they, in a nutshell, that they make sure that they have a good life and that the culture will, will strive and that the people can have the same rights as every other citizen. I think that you totally hit the nail on the head there because, you know, I come from Canada and we have uh, a huge um, native culture and we are now embarrassed by the way that they have been murdered and treated in our country. You know, uh, there's scandalous um, news reports now of uh, the whole indigenous community, children being murdered in residential schools and hundreds of graves of children now being found. And it's, it's a stain on our culture and on our society. And I think that that if anything has, if there's any kind of good that's come out of it is the fact that regular Canadians are now more aware of the treatment that has gone on to native Canadians for a century and longer, you know? So it's happening everywhere. So we all kind of have an example in our culture where we have suppressed the indigenous community. I wanna talk about dialogue now because we've been, you know, I think you've mentioned many times already that it's getting the information out there, making people aware, talking about it, giving recognition to communities. So um, how does dialogue operate in your project? What would you say? It is uh, internal dialogue, first of all, um, uh, within me and Uti, because we, want to share with each other what we want, but first we need to know ourselves, let's say. So that's the first dialogue, then uh, the internal dialogue. Then when we come together and, and um, share our ideas and dreams, we realize that we, we have different views. So that's a dialogue where we have to um, make decisions for the company so it is uh, we are learning from each other at, at the same time we need to come to an agreement on, on what what uh, we we want to do and that dialogue uh, is building uh, our brand but also um, from Uti's side uh, she has this dialogue with her mom for example because her mom taught her how to wave and she has to remember how she learned and how she, her grandmother taught her how to do these patterns that are so um, part of, of what they are. So uh, there is a 
intergenerational dialogue. So yeah, I'm all the time um, happily surprised to when, when I talk with Uti that the stories she herself uh, needs to remember that when she was younger, uh, she, she used to live in this kind of place and um, that, uh, yeah, that helps to, to have this dialogue uh, with, with her family. So we are all the time um, learning from, from each other and asking questions and reflecting on, on how, has, how is it to be a Wayu woman and a Colombian woman and yes. So these are, I think, this, the, the three dialogues that I have um, experienced during building Wanashi. Okay, wow. Um learning how to be a Colombian woman and discussing how to be a YU woman that fits in awesome because today is International Women's Day. Yes! yes. <laughs> Happy International Women's Day, Linda. Women's Day, wow. Perfect topic for today. We couldn't have planned it better. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna um, close this off soon. But I have three questions that I want to ask you, okay? Uh, you can just explain them in a sentence or two. I know that that might be a difficult thing for you to explain in a sentence or two as a Colombian woman. But yeah, a sentence or two for each of the questions. So when do you have a feeling of belonging? When I could contribute. Have you ever felt like you don't belong? Yes, yes. When? When I was not heard, when I was ignored and things just hurt me or or things were happening and I couldn't, um, yeah, I was just an spectator. A spectator, yeah. That's a perfect word to use. I like that answer. Thank you. And the last question. If you could create one rule that everyone in the world would have to follow, what would it be? Oh, I feel like in a beauty contest, like, wow. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think, of course, is is love. If we if we can love one another unconditionally, then we wouldn't. We would we would respect. We will um, not kill each other. We will understand we are different because with love, um, you can you can also forgive that other people can can think differently. But I want to say something that I'm yes. also Finnish, so I have learned from the Finnish people to 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 have a balance, not to talk too much. <laughs> Oh, it's been great talking to you, Linda. That's a perfect way to end this interview. I'm so happy we got to do this. Thank you for the opportunity to, to reflect on our journey. And Yeah. And where can we buy the bags, actually? Are they online? Do you have um, a store in the Netherlands that we can visit? What's going on with that? Yes, we're, we're working on the website. Uh -huh. Still on, on, on the making, but it's going to be waneshi.com. It's okay. Awesome. Yes. So um, as soon as I have it ready, uh, I'll share it with everyone. 
please do because I need that bag that you showed us earlier. It's gorgeous. Oh, oh my God. It's, uh, my, my husband says that I'm not a good uh, businesswoman because I don't want to say any. You want them all for yourself. <laughs> the, the thing is that uh, uh, what you uh, bag will choose you. So it's, they're so different, different colors, different textures, different patterns that if, if there was one you, you really feel uh, that you want to have it, then it's, it's yeah, it's special. So yeah, for me, it's special uh, if somebody will give her the same love that we have put on, yeah. on her, so yeah. So we end it again with love. I love it. <laughs> Take care, and I'm so happy we got to do this. We'll talk soon, okay? Have a good day, everyone. Dialogue. What a nice word to start a podcast. It's just uh, so natural, right? It's, uh, it's a perfect word, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. Um, I think it brings also so much hope, I would say. Hope to the world. Hope to how we can get along, uh, grow our relationships and make them special. And it has so many layers, as uh, you and Linda were talking about. Mm. And I think it's really our goal, isn't it? We want to have a dialogue. That's the whole point of doing this podcast is to have a dialogue about all of um, the different ways that we are living Absolutely. at the moment. I love yeah. it. It's so I nice. I love it too. That's it's so really nice. great. It's been really great being here with you, Ricardo. Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> I will pop in every now and then. Perfect. So, um, but... Before we close this, I want to say thank you to everyone that made this possible and um, invite you listeners to stay with us. We will have more episodes. More dialogue. Uh, you can connect with other people, like in every way, I think, uh, like, let's say the language, the with emotionally, like physically, like everything it's belonging i think it means when you're feeling that you're safe and you're feeling home and you find the happiness that you're looking for in life somewhere where you are comfortable being yourself uh it doesn't necessarily need to be same-minded people or even like at all like you can be totally different by just people you know before we say goodbye these are the people that contributed to this episode lino jasper sever igor Hannah. Oui. Daniel. Vincent. Ellie. Harry. Derek.